Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores <laughs> brings you Garage Logic <laughs> Podcast number 1046, March 30th, 2023. 83 degrees on this day in 1968. Yeah, not today. Three below on this day in 1923, and we have ice outs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Three ice outs on Minnetonka on I'm this crazy. day, 1858, 1945, and 2019. See, see how that works? It's kind of all over the map there. Uh-huh. The White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1946. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and the Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. Who put me over there on the TV? I don't like that. Where? I'm over there. Where do you want to be? I was. I'm usually where height is. This is a bit. Oh, your position. See, I can't talk from over here. I have to talk right here. You're gonna talk on. I have to talk on the mic, man. Yeah, so yeah. that doesn't really work. Do you recall we had the moment of silence for the John Deere dealership? Out in Madison, Minnesota. Midwest Mm -hmm. Equipment. All those cylinders lost. And now I have some new news on that. Uh, Please don't use my name on the air. Thank you. I wish people would always put that at the beginning of an email. (laughs) Right. Uh, Joe, I was listening to your podcast the other day where you were talking about the John Deere fire in Madison, Minnesota. The moment of silence was very GL-like and touching to me. Thought I could bring you some inside information. The fire started about 6 p.m. A technician had just driven a tractor into the service bay and shut it down. He walked to the front of the building to pick up the work order. By the time he got back to the tractor, a tire was already on fire on the unit. Black smoke was filling the service area. He got out of the building and called the fire department. The first thing the fire department did was shut off gas to the building. The reports of a gas line rupturing and feeding the blaze are erroneous. From there, things progressed rapidly. The fire was so intense that the overhead doors and the walk-in service door were swelled shut from the expansion of the metal in the building. Hmm. A front-end loader was then used to push the doors in so firefighters could start spraying water under the rapidly growing inferno, approximately 60, 55-gallon barrels of oil and plastic drums were located near the tractor and added to the fuel mixture. These were on inventory to service the farmers for upcoming planting. The inferno soon grew out of control, and the entire building was lost. The smoke plume could be seen for miles, and people reported smelling the fire 10 miles away. No lives were lost, thankfully. Having grown up in Madison and calling in my hometown for more than 60 years, my first concern was for the families and the incomes lost. It is reported that Midwest Machinery is planning to rebuild the facility bigger and better. All employees will face no loss of income, and they will be taken care of in true GL fashion. A company located physically nearby is letting Midwest Machinery use a portion of their facility to set up shop in order to accommodate servicing and storing of inventory for local farmers. How did the fire start? It is speculated... At this time, that the tractor had a fuel leak. High-pressure fuel rails on tractors are made of a plastic polymer these days. They are susceptible to pinhole leaks. 
The pressures in diesel fuel rails are around 30,000 pounds per square inch. Diesel fuel has a tremendous amount of thermal energy and burns very hot and vigorously with the proper fuel-air ratio. A local Madison farmer lost a combine to this problem a few years ago. Thought you could use a ray of hope with all the negativity that surrounds us today, always pushing back. Faithful listener, since my days, I let a blind guy drive me home. All right. <laughs> nice. That is good news that John that was is taking care of its people. Huh? A great explanation. I was ready to go down the, uh, the the rabbit hole because I was thinking, may, break fire? But how could driving it in from the yard into the building cause a break to heat up that much and cause a fire? We see break fires with semis all the time. A pinhole leak spitting that. Makes absolute sense. Yep, yep. And and diesel is hard to light with Mm -hmm. a lighter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just fire right up. You really have to feed it fire to light it up. Yesterday on this day in history, we we mentioned William LeDuc, who had moved to Hastings. And Kelsey wants us to know, you've driven by his mansion several times in your lives. It's on the east side of Highway 61 as you drive through Hastings. Well, I know it well. It's the only big mansion you see as you drive through Hastings. Okay. It's on the north side. I'm sorry, the east side of the street. Is it on a, it's on a hill? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, that's William LeDuc's place. Got it. I think it's now open for tours and things of that mansion. Hastings is a great town. And, and more catching up to do on the, the Walls uh, situation with his moving to the estate. Uh, again, thank you, sir. You, you put at the front of your email, please don't use my name. I think we know who it is, though. I don't. Thanks, Ray. I'm not so sure. You just barely tiptoed through around the elephant in the room on the governor's mansion story, as you wonder how the updates to the house can be so expensive. The mansion is on the National Register of Historic Places and thus is under the eye of the State Historic Preservation Office, or SHPO, pronounced SHPO in government acronym alphabet soup lingo. In my work, I manage a few buildings on the register, and the SHPO is a rigid, humorless outfit that makes me turn on the elevator music. When I sit down in the morning and make a list of the evil things in the world, SHPO slips right in between Putin and Kim Jong-un. In the case of the governor's mansion, I'm quite sure that the updates that are needed have to be installed in a way that they don't negate the historic nature of the house, and the cost to do so is astronomical. In my 25 years of work, my organization has seen multiple buildings condemned because we lack the funds repair to repair them to SHPO standards. For their part, SHPO, that's the State Historic Preservation Office, for their part, SHPO would rather preserve a ruin than allow a building to be repaired in a manner that does not conform to them. It took them nearly 2,500 years to shed Confucianism, but the Chinese eventually realized the unrelenting worship of our ancestors wasn't productive for society. Shippo would like to bring it back. Millions of dollars be damned. Name withheld so Shippo doesn't get me sacked. They could if they wanted to. Mm. All right. And we also have... uh, uh, This is from, does he say don't use my name? This is from Lanny. Something really stinks with this Sunfish Lake lease deal. This home was listed on the market for $1.9 million from December of 2022 through March of this year and did not sell. No $1.9 million home has a market rent of $17,000 a month. 
There are five homes on Lake Minnetonka that have rented in the last year from 5000 to 7000 per month. Now, granted, the homes are not as big, but this would be offset by Minnetonka's superior desirability. On top of that, I looked at the Sunfish Lakes carpet in the recent listing photos, and it looks perfectly fine. The listing pictures of most of the rooms. Uh, the listing has pictures of most of the rooms. Of course, no media outlet is going to investigate further, I am sure. Here is a link to the home with photos. And I guess you just go to realtor.com and look for it. But that's a good point. Why is the rental so high? And there's another better point coming up for GLers. Uh, Because people are willing to pay it. That's why it's so high. Uh, This is from Dane. Joe, I think you may have missed an angle when discussing why the people of Minnesota don't care about Governor Walz's mansion rental. Not only do they not care, they probably read the story and thought, that damn rich Republican running this place to our dear leader at such an extraordinary rate, he's the evil one. Yeah, I love that point. That's great. That's fantastic. Oh, and Governor Walls, in terms of Governor Walls having a vehicle. This is from Tom. On your March 28th show, you pondered whether our illustrious governor owned a vehicle. I live fairly close to the governor's mansion and can attest to see him to seeing him driving his 1970s era International Scout. I last saw him driving it northbound on Lexington Parkway on a sunny Saturday afternoon in the fall. I must say it's a beautiful vehicle in excellent condition that would certainly be considered a collectible. My guess is that the old Scout gets about 12 miles to the gallon, but I suspect he can afford to fill it up occasionally and tool around town surveying his vast kingdom. Always pushing back, Tom and St. Paul. Uh, he briefly alluded to something there that's worth discussing. Uh-huh. Uh, the International Scout, not environmentally friendly. No, I, that I, is a spewer. That's a spewer. Yeah. Uh, and Dave uh, DeGroote has a great question about the garage door opener, if, in fact, we ever have one. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, you may have already addressed this, but my question is this. Does it count as the official garage door opener if it is storming? Or should it be a nice day to enjoy the temperature? I've been a listener to your show since 1993 and have bounced around the country. I have brought the GL mindset with me to everywhere I have moved and currently reside in Iowa. We set up chairs and a table with drinks and food at the top of the driveway every year and invite the neighbors over to celebrate the garage door opener. I thank you in advance for your timely response as I need to get the word out quickly. This Friday is expected to hit 70, but storm like crazy. Uh, This ruling has never been required of me, and my ruling is as follows. Yes, it's still a garage door opener if it's storming. 70 is the key. 70 is the key. 70 is the only factor. I I didn't know that. 70 is the only factor. If it's storming, you just dip back into the garage, that's all. So, yes, it's a garage door opener if it is storming. Now, isn't that interesting that he notes uh, that some 70s are expected in Iowa tomorrow. We're expected to have 50-mile-an-hour winds and snow. (laughs) 50-mile-an-hour gusts and snow. Six to ten inches, according to Jonathan Uhas. Winter storm watch. Hey, uh, can we go back? I, I have an irritating question. Regarding the governor, 
isn't he supposed to have state patrol security with him whenever he leaves the mansion, or is that just wrong? Is well, that... you would think a king would. <laughs> Matthew, do you happen to know with uh, Governor Ventura? Um, I do believe that you do have some private time, but for the most part, especially if you're going to an official event, you know, um, what was it, Ron and Tony were his guys, and the Paul. So and- it, it could be per, it could be absolutely plausible that he's got time off and he can get in his car and drive around. Right, but there's right. always a trooper on site there. There's yeah. always a uniformed trooper that's on site. Right, he's got okay. his little cubby hole. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. let's stick with the dear leader. You want me to call a guy and verify it? No. Nah. Uh, Walls has appointed the state's first ever chief equity officer. <laughs> What's Stephanie, that costing us? Well, we'll find out. <sighs> Stephanie Burrage, B-U-R-R-A-G-E, Burrage, Buraji, will shape policy to address racial inequality in Minnesota. Well... Well, right off the bat, you, you've got a problem, dear leader. Inequality is different than equity. They're not the same thing. Correct. Words have meaning. Equity is equal outcomes. Inequality is the prevention of someone even seeking an outcome. So there's no need for an equity officer unless you believe in equal outcomes. But we got a new one, Stephanie. Uh, She's a deputy commissioner at the Minnesota Department of Education, where I guess that little $250 million food fraud might have slipped (laughs) under her nose along with all the other people in the Department of Education. She discusses how a working group called Mind, Body, and Soul helped uh, shape Governor uh, Walz's uh, appointment. He announced Wednesday the appointment of uh, this, and uh, Barrage worked over the past year with hundreds of black community leaders to gather input that helped shape the state budget framework recently announced by Walls and fellow Democrats at the legislature. In what was called the Mind, Body, and Soul initiative, she met monthly with leaders across the state and heard concerns about issues like affordable housing, the education achievement gap, and workforce development. Minnesota has some of the largest disparities between black and white students. Why? All you lefties have been in charge for a long time. Barrage <laughs> said her work has already started with the sessions and will continue when she assumes her new role. I will be listening. And I want people to reach out to say if you need help. I need help. She told reporters and others gathered at the governor's reception room at the Capitol. That's my job to hear what you issues are, hear what your issues are and help help it sit in government so that we're we are in partnership together. I, I want to be your partner. Barrage said she hopes to bring all communities across the state to the table and on and on and on. Uh before taking her role at the state education department, Barrage or Baraji was interim super and assistant super in Robbinsdale. She had district leadership positions in Michigan and was a teacher in principal in the Minneapolis schools. Hmm. So uh, she's got all that going for her, um, which is nice. Which is nice. But so uh, explain this to me. If I've worked hard all my life, mm-hmm. or 
semi-hard or not hard at all, but I, I've, I've got what I've got and it's resulted from my work. Mm-hmm. If somebody else doesn't have what I have and they haven't done the work, are we going to give it to them? Yes, because you're white, Kenny. Yeah, but, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. We've been through the equity. Yeah, I know. I know. I I made the mistake of looking up equity versus equality, and it comes from George Washington University. So I don't know if I believe it or not, but it's, it's supposed to be simple, and it just further confuses me. Picture an apple tree. That's okay. That's what they show. Right. Picture an apple tree. Yeah. And a guy on a stepladder. Yeah. Picking apples. We looked at the same page. Right. Pick a guy on a stepladder picking apples. Yeah. He's putting them into the bushel basket. Right. Now picture an adjoining apple tree. And there's a person on the ladder, but the ladder isn't close enough to the tree to reach the apples. Right. So equity would mean... That you'd have to save this idiot. You'd have to uh, take the stepladder and get it close to the tree so the moron could reach the apples. Yes. I mean, it's that simple. Yes. The guy's yeah. too stupid to move the ladder to where he can reach the apples. Yes. So we need a new department for that. Yeah. You need a chief equity officer to move the stepladder. How do you like them apples? And, and, <laughs> hey, everybody. Very funny. Yeah. Uh and then to further confuse me, they have a, an image of inequality, mm-hmm. which is an apple falling out of one tree and a person catching it, and no apple falling out of the other tree and the person having nothing to catch. That's which which it, uh, strikes me as not being the fault of a human being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's be, what uh, I'm like, well, that blame the apple that tree. That apple <laughs> fell, and I, I didn't touch it. Yeah. Well, yeah. my apple didn't fall. Well, that's because I, you know, honest to God, is it, us. It, it, it? You expect to win the lottery, but you don't buy a ticket. Is that what it is? Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I Equity don't know. would be a ticket should be purchased for you. Okay, so that you have the same chance to win the lottery. Oh, Kenny, so because you're confused. too stupid to go I, buy a ticket. I really am, <laughs> and you're too stupid to move your. P.O.S. ladder yeah. near the tree. Your rickety-ass ladder. Yeah, your and rickety piece of crap ladder that you got in a garage sale for 50 cents. You're setting it. Hey, hey, Kenny, you're yeah. setting the ladder up too far from the tree. You can't reach the apples. Do, do what now? Move what? the ladder. And nobody's bringing this up, but in all these images of people on ladders, they're all on the very, very, very top step. Right. Don't even get to the top step. Move the ladder under the tree so you can stand on about the third or fourth step step up. Yeah. And then you're picking apples. Or do like I do. Get your son to drive the tractor. You get in the front end loader. He raises it up and drives up to it. (laughs) Or just get an electric chainsaw and cut the damn tree down. That might take you a month. Then nobody has apples. (laughs) Everybody's angry. Oh, man, alive. Honest to God. Well, let's stick with our leaders. Well, and thanks to uh, Richard Reeve, I think, is the only guy in town for Five Eyewitness News who was on to this story. I haven't seen it in either paper. I didn't see it on any other newscast. But alcohol and an argument at the Tory Ramen restaurant in St. Paul unfolded around midnight, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. That is the oh. former Chris and Rob's. It's that rail car 
Right on 7th Street? That's on 7th Street, yes. Oh. <clears throat> Tori Ramen, what do you get there? Noodles? Uh, I'm looking up the menu right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. They just came in. They were obviously intoxicated, recalls restaurant owner Jason Dorweiler. He said a group of seven people came in asking for a table while three of the men went to a restroom. All right. Uh They were very loud. We heard noises from inside the bathroom outside while service was going on, Dorweiler said. We we checked in on them. It appeared they had... uh, uh, urinated all over our floor, oh, which, a, which is a bad sign. Oh, bad aim. Not, not good. Aim. In addition to them coming in and just being annoying, they proceeded to sit down and were just belligerent the whole time. Police records list two in the group as Crystal Cruz Williams, the director of business management in Mayor Melvin Carter's office, and Kamal Baker, the mayor's press secretary, because the mayor's got a lot of people. Apparently, with not enough to do. Dorweiler says he and the restaurant manager, John Keenan, told the group they had to leave. Keenan saying he warned them he had pepper spray. Shortly after that, they say things escalated. They were throwing punches at my staff, so we had to kick them out. Eventually, they filed a police report, Dorweiler said. We ended up having to pepper spray them for anything to work. They just weren't listening. Wow. A second police report filed days later shows Cruz William called police saying she wanted to report an assault. In the report, she says she was trying to de-escalate the situation and that she told the manager she and her friends were going to leave. Five Eyewitness News went to City Hall attempting to ask the mayor about the situation. My words, astonishingly enough, he wasn't there. So then uh, Channel 5 reached out to the chief of staff, Peter Leggett. Leggett released a statement disputing the restaurant's version of the events, saying in part, while I am obviously limited in what information I can offer... Wait a minute, what? Yeah, while I am obviously limited in what information I can offer regarding activities of city workers and their personal non-official lives, I was informed by two city workers that they filed a police report last week relative to this incident that will likely contradict the description of events included in your email. Well, I'm sure it will. The report Leggett mentioned is the one filed by Cruz Williams, obtained by Five Witness News. She said both she and Baker were pepper sprayed in the face. Well, you probably wouldn't have been if you had been quieter. But police records show no one needed medical attention. All right. You can get, uh, like, miso and soups and that kind of stuff. What about a bacon cheeseburger? Uh, Not on the menu. Oh. It's unknown what will happen next, but one of the two police reports mentions insufficient evidence. Mm. Ah, the always Mm. available insufficient evidence. We often uh, mention the fact that you need trusted friends and advisors around you to tell you you're being an idiot. In, in this case, if it would have been the four of us in there causing a disturbance, um, and when that manager would have said, well, I'm going to have to pepper spray you, I would have turned on my heels and left you bastards to fight with the, <laughs> right, the, right. the manager. You know what you would have done? You would have gone, call... gone Angel Martin, and you would have said, I'm not with them. I would have gone outside and called an Uber yeah. and gone home to bed. I ain't with them. I don't even know them. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I have some wonderful news. 
Grunhoffers is back in the GL fold. What? That's right. Spencer's back. And just in time for Easter hams. They've set a record last year for Easter hams, I believe. They are the finest hams you're going to find for Easter. And now you have time. You can order your double-smoked ham for Easter. Call Grunhoffers and reserve this ham. 651-426-2800. Say hello to Spencer. You can visit the Hugo location on Highway 61 or the Forest Lake location on Highway 97, just uh, east of the inner set. And remember, all Grunhofer's beef is Minnesota grown. It's beef for Minnesota's farmers. And don't forget, you know, we've been through the brats. I know the brats by heart. There's 140 of them. The Town Ball Meatloaf, the Rookie Burgers. Uh, Spencer... Uh, is back. We're very thankful he was with us from the beginning. Back, he took bro. a little time out, and now he's back. Yeah, It's uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Forest Lake, and you've got time. Order that double-smoked ham for Easter. Damn ham! 651-426-2800 at Grunhofer's. Time now. Jeez. Let's do it. Hit a button. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores seeking through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Another week. This sounds like Big Head Todd and the Monsters. It's not. I think it is. That's his sound. It's a fender through a a fender through a fender. You're wasting your time. Another (laughs) sale, another big one. Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Actually, the sale runs a couple of weeks here. Save up to $400 on select bronze, colonial, fat boy, junior, and centurion saves. Don't wait. This deal is not going to last forever. It's just a couple of weeks. April 12th, the final day. Liberty Safe made here in the USA with full transferable lifetime warranties, best fire protection. And our guy, the owner and proprietor, Rich, he's going to get you set up with professional delivery and installation. There's a website and a phone number, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. The phone, if you want to talk to Rich, 763-494-9075. He's at 6901 East Fish Lake Road. And it's the big sale on the Liberty Colonial Fat Boy Jr. and the Centurion through the 12th. Check them out, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Then stop in and say, hey, Rich. This is a story dated March 1st of this year. So what, three weeks ago? I think Kelsey alerted me to this. Maybe Jordy, Kelsey. We have GLers that really pound the Internet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say Kenny does too. A transgender (laughs) video game developer recently launched... Uh, A transgender video game developer recently launched a game where players can hunt down critics of transgenderism like anti-trans feminists and Catholic priests and kill them in a bloody first-person shooter action. Mm. Called Turfenstein 3D, the game is based on the classic Nazi fighting game Wolfenstein 3D, one of the earliest first-person shooters. Wolfenstein involved the main character navigating Nazi bases and taking out the villainous occupants in a wide array, with a wide array of deadly weapons. Uh, okay, the fact that uh, Turfenstein 3D is based on a Nazi shoot 'em up is no accident. Developer Sandra Mohn, a trans person, intended to equate her game's villains to Wolfenstein's Nazis and allow the player to experience uh, eviscerating them on screen. 
Mohn admitted the game was meant to draw a comparison between gender critics in Nazi Germany. So that's how oppressed transgender people apparently think they are. They're as oppressed as Nazis. Uh, they're as oppressed as the people rounded up and killed by the Nazis. So, I know of no transgender so. people being rounded up. Do you? I do not know of any. In fact, it's the other way around. It's, here, have at it. We don't have any rules. You can do whatever you want. I don't want to read this. Video. Wait, what, so the hell who, who's getting killed in this new game? Priests and uh, trans critics. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Wow. I am from Minnesota, but currently at a college, in college, at the University of Iowa. I thought I had escaped the Land of Lakes liberals that is Minnesota until I saw this article. How does an individual continue to be out of prison after sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl and then violate his probation more than 50 times? I do not care that he is 19. He needs to be treated as an adult and locked up in prison and have the key thrown away. I suppose if he decided he wanted to be a woman, he would be treated as mentally mature enough to make that decision. I thought moving to Iowa would protect me from the regressives, but it appears that is not the case. Do you have an extra room I can stay in in your Wyoming home? I will work to earn my keep. Pushing back from the land down under Minnesota, Jacob. It's a piece from... a. Station in Iowa, uh, our nine investigative team, uh, what, what's this deal here? Uh, you got a guy here, uh, uh, what the hell, where'd the printer go? Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guy. got a guy uh, <laughs> doing stuff and messing around. You know, boys, oh, yeah. play. got a thing. Yeah. Yeah, Knock you, it off, guy. Do they have a are sure. their version of Mary Mor- Morality? Must be. Huh? Oh, here's the first page. There you go. It's on the other side of the recycled paper. I stampled it upside <laughs> down. Before a 19-year-old was arrested for a drive-by shooting in rural Salon, Iowa, on Tuesday, court documents show he violated his probation more than 50 times <laughs> from August 2021 to March of 2023. Bryant Wallace was placed on probation for five years after he pled guilty to lesser charges after prosecutors said he engaged in a sex act with a 13-year-old girl in 2020. The Johnson County Sheriff's Office said Wallace was arrested after he and another teenager drove by an RV and fired five shots at a camper, which almost hit somebody inside. Drew Konasek, who is the division manager with the Department of Correctional Services for the 6th District, The state agency overseeing probation and parole for Lynn and Johnson County said in an email, there is no number of violations that will result in a recommendation to revoke a client's probation. Hmm? However, he said the agency considers both the volume and and severity of the violations along with the circumstances to protect the individual and the community. There was evidence to suggest that Mr. Wallace had protective factors in place and our goal is to work with clients to build off those areas of stability Konis, Konik, Koniki said Re- revoking a teenager to prison is guaranteed to diminish if not completely eliminate those protective factors so this guy's right out of the Mary morality school of punishment yeah. so what kind of message are they sending though with, they're sending none well if they're uh, it's a if it's a a, a lighter crime 
he's not going to be punished that much. He's going to learn that right away. He also said Wallace was punished for violations of his probation by court intervention and incarceration to interrupt a pattern of violating behavior. Most of Wallace's violations occurred from August 2021 to July 2022, about 11 months, which were mostly related to issues around his location, missing sexual abuse treatment programs, and the battery on the GPS around his ankle to die. He allowed the battery to die. An official with the Department of Correctional Services for the 6th District said Wallace was arrested in July of 2022 for not following the terms of his probation, but was released on Mm. bond. About two months later, court documents show Wallace was charged with robbery, theft, and assault. Prosecutors said Wallace, along with another man, assaulted a man that then took his shoes, cell phone, a vape pen, and two ounces of marijuana. Then Wallace was arrested again after his GPS motor, I'm sorry, his GPS monitor placed him at the location of shots fired in November of 2022. Court documents showed he served 90 days in jail for violating his probation after that arrest. And wow. That's it. That's so, it. so you can do damn near anything you want. Damn near anything you Don't want. Don't like that trend. And you're it's, not going to suffer consequences. It's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, unfortunately, that's down in Iowa. I don't think any place, well, where I live in Wyoming, oh, yeah. you're, you're not really going to find that. Uh, but you can find it uh, in, in most places. The fake mayor of a fake town confessing to living in a... <laughs> Fake house. Fake house in a fake in a place. real estate. <laughs> oh, in a real estate, yes. Well, Wyoming's a real estate. <laughs> I love the, is, love the trend. Is this the equivalent to the Minneapolis librarian that was living, I don't know, San Diego or San Francisco <laughs> or wherever? He emailed me about that and said, you're no different than the librarian that lived in Santa Barbara. You can just live in Wyoming and still be the mayor. <laughs> and he's right. Wow. I could. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anybody read the author C.J. Box? He has no. created a, no. a, a character, a fairly very successful author. I just read his newest book, which I think is called Stormwatch. And what he has created, a la uh, John Sanford and Vince Flynn and uh, Michael Conley and all the, all the other high flyers, he has created a uh, game warden character who works in Wyoming named Joe Pickett. And apparently Pickett gets himself into all sorts of jams. And I read this book, and I, I liked it. I'll read another one of his, but with no urgency. And the only bone I had to pick with him is that, unlike you know Jack Reacher, for example, yeah. there's nothing unusual about this Joe Pickett. He's not funny. He's, he's, he doesn't have any distinct he characteristics. He doesn't get in fights. He's uh, very benign. Uh, has a happy wife. Uh, he's appeared in 23 Yeah, yeah, novels. he's really, really popular. This guy's cranking him out every year. Maybe in other books I would discover that Joe Pickett uh, has a has a personality that would make he's, him more intriguing. you got to have a quirk or two, he don't you? He doesn't have any quirks. Yeah. No quirks? I need a quirk. Whereas he apparently always finds himself nosing around in what more uh, specifically should be police business. Oh. And then he, he steps in. And, it's out of your jurisdiction, pal. That, that kind of thing. So yeah, they don't yeah. all start out, Joe Pickett liked to sharpen pencils. No, it doesn't start Is that way. Well, no. well, uh, spell his last name, Box. How, how are we doing B-O-X. that? Oh, okay. Yeah, CJ, yeah, CJ Box. And he's, he's 64. A po- very popular, very popular. Bestseller, bestseller. This one immediately went to be a bestseller.
See, I got a great email regarding EcoFund. I love when the uh, the GLers let me know how the clients behave. Uh, Daryl writes, I recently attempted to find out the value of my 15-year-old Polaris Ranger and trailer. Being old, I used an old-school method. I called a couple of dealers and got the brush off. Yes, it was because I did not purchase from them. After my frustration subsided, I remembered one of your sponsors, EcoFund Motorsports. I called the Forest Lake store and spoke with Dave, one of their sales associates. After explaining that I hadn't purchased the items from them, I asked if he could help. Dave said he would be glad to. He listened to my questions and described how to use uh, value guides on the Internet. Then he walked me through the process, and we found the information I needed. I was impressed that someone from a store I hadn't done business with was so cordial and helpful. The next time I'm looking for outdoor equipment, EcoFund Motorsports and Dave will be the ones to call. That's great news, and it doesn't surprise me. They're good people at EcoFund Motorsports. Two locations, Forest Lake and Burnsville. In Forest Lake, it's on 97, just west of 35. You go east for the Grunhoffers, west for EcoFund Motorsports, where you're going to find spring sales right now on uh, all sorts of uh, e-bikes, all the gas scooters that turn urban urban errands into adventures, Aprilia, and Moto Gu- Aprilia and Moto Guzzi motorcycles in stock and on sale for a thousand to three thousand dollars off while they last. Yeah, eight different Vanderhall USA models ready in stock for spring driving. Check those out; they're so cool. He keeps tempting me with the neat stuff and uh, great youth recreational equipment, helmet apparel, and great service. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville. EcoFunMotorsports.com. You know that now uh, your furnace might be making less noise because you're not leaning on it as much. Well, it's actually cold right now, so you probably are. But if it's making any type of noises, don't save it for next year. Get on top of it. Be proactive. And proactive, I think, does get the uh, foghorn in Garage Logic. But you know who doesn't get the foghorn is Welter Heating. Ray and Welter Heating. It's a family-run business for generations and over 100 years. And you poke around their website, find out what they can do. I saw they've made an Angie's List Super Service Award. Uh, they have uh, HVAC service and repair, 24-7 furnace repair. Uh, also for that HVAC service, they got financing. You can apply for financing. Repair, maintenance, they do it all. They've installed more than 100,000 home heating systems, central air conditioners, and air quality purifiers in the Twin Cities area. So you know you can trust them. Do they have a funny jingle? No, they don't have a funny jingle. They don't have crazy vans that they drive around with. They just have meat. They're the meat and potatoes of heating and cooling. 612-825-6867. Get online for a quote, welterheating.com. Or again, 612-825-6867. Air condition or heat your shelter with Ray and Welter. And let them know that the Rook sent you. Justice and the Suchere. I, I, okay. Six to ten inches of snow yep. tomorrow night into Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 50 on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> Not only are you going to need a Toro snowblower from Tri State, it, it won't be but a few weeks, and you'll need a Toro zero turn 
from Tri-State. But anyway, if you want that grass to grow long and thick and hardy, and I mean right away, the one day after it's 50, it's going to be growing in green. And then you call ProfessionalTurf.com. Get on the uh, get on the old clicker and click away, uh, especially if you're obsessive about your lawn. Put your lawn in their care and never worry about it again. We're talking service, service techs, 20 years of experience. Um, and they've got a toot-sweet policy. If you see something you don't like in between uh, pro-turf visits, get a hold of them. They'll be out toot-sweet, rectify it. You won't have to worry about it. Get yourself a free in-person lawn care analysis and estimate right now, professionalturf.com. They'll analyze your situation and come up with a program just for your yard, a beautiful, healthy lawn free of crabgrass, dandelions, and broadleafs. Just a click away, professionalturf.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. And this news is brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. Let's uh, use that story again that you talked about, Joe, just because I think it's important enough. People Mm -hmm. should remember it. St. Paul Police reporting a tense and profanity-filled incident involving Mayor Carter's staff at a restaurant. It all happened at the Tory Ramen restaurant around midnight on St. Patty's Day. Restaurant owner Jason Dorweiler said they just came in and they were obviously intoxicated. Says a group of seven people came in asking for a table. Three men went to the restroom. In the restroom, they were very loud. They went in and looked. And the they men missed, too. They missed, yeah. yeah. And urinated all over the floor. We aim to please. You aim to please. <laughs> Police records list two of the group as Crystal Cruz Williams, the director of business management in Mayor Melvin Carter's office. Yeah, I'm sure there's com- been a lot of new business in St. Paul. Yeah. I, I know that nobody here on this show has a pool, but if you did have a pool, would you have the sign that says, uh, please don't in our pool? Micturate. No, I don't. I don't know anyone who would do that. Because you're missing a P, so is the right. pool. Yeah, right. Don't pee in the pool. Oh, I get it. Don't okay. pee in the pool. But again, yeah, very good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, also, there was Kamal Baker, the mayor's press secretary. <laughs> Dorweiler's Kenny, you look stunned. <laughs> I think he he said that because he knows there won't be a five o'clock meeting. Suchi boy's yeah. writing today. That's a you good haven't point. lived. Yeah. Do you see about yeah. five three year olds get out of the pool and just pee all over the yard? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well. Dorweiler says he and the restaurant manager told the group they had to leave. Uh, Keenan, John Keenan, the restaurant manager, saying he warned them he had pepper spray. Well, after that, things got worse. They started throwing punches at the staff. And Dorweiler says at that point they had to kick them out. They ended up having to pepper spray them. They weren't listening. A second police report filed days later shows Cruz Williams called police saying she wanted to report an assault. In the report, she says she was trying to de-escalate the situation. She told the manager she and her friends were going to leave. Our buddies down at Five Eyewitness News went to City Hall. They tried to ask Mayor Carter about the situation, but he he wasn't there. He wasn't home, if you will. Right. So they reached out to his chief of staff, Peter Leggett. Leggett released a statement disputing the restaurant's version of events, saying in part, Well, I'm obviously limited in what information I can offer regarding activities of city workers. I was informed by two city workers they filed a police report last week relative to this incident that will likely contradict the description of events included in the email. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Yeah, Joe. In Minnesota, in, in St. Paul, where it's very difficult to do business, yeah, mm-hmm. taxes, regulations, 100%. Uh, vindictiveness, uh, 
Do you think this restaurant guy would have invented this? They could put, they could shut him down in about two minutes. Yeah, I, I find no reason not right. to believe the restaurant's view of this. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, yeah. um, Mayor, Fireworks yeah. Commissioner, yeah. Wizard, yeah. and Wizard, can you look into your crystal ball and predict an outcome? Well, I think because it's now made public, that might help protect the restaurant from vindication. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I do have a, uh, we have to back up. I do have a protocol question. Mm-hmm. When you um, pepper spray someone, <laughs> yeah. do you, is it customary, do you, like a hockey face wash, do you like get right up in their face and go, ha, you like this? You want to taste some of this? <laughs> or are you, are you from a distance and you're just going, I, I think you know, it's a distance. Okay. Because yeah. I would, I would not be able to risk, resist the temptation to get you right up in their face. You don't want splashback. Yeah. True. Because no, you might inhale no. it yourself. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No. An overnight train derailment and fire spurred the evacuation of Raymond, a town about two hours west of the metro area. However, they now have allowed people back in. A statement from the BNSF Railway Company said about 22 cars hauling ethanol and corn syrup derailed at about 1 in the morning on the western edge of town. The town holds about 800 people. Ethanol, a highly flammable liquid, and several of the cars were on fire. Uh, No injuries were reported as a result of the crash. The cause of the derailment remains under investigation. Why are we having so many train derailments? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the tracks are junk. Yep, I can answer. They don't they're not maintained. Yeah. Everywhere. They they are maintained in places, but yeah. there are spots where they're just rolling the dice. Hmm. I, yeah. I base that on zero knowledge. <laughs> As you do and I back things. that up. Yes, thank you. I back that up 100% with zero knowledge. Thank you. But perhaps we should all just put a disclaimer. Everything I have an opinion on, I'm making it with no zero knowledge. Exactly. The Palestine <laughs> one was not bad tracks. It was a broken axle on the train. Correct. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Yes. After an hours-long delay, prosecutors question Anton Tony Lazaro about new evidence yesterday that they obtained shortly before he returned to the witness stand for a second day, most of the new evidence contradicting everything he had said the day before. The former Republican donor and strategist charged with sex trafficking of minors, prosecutors allege he used his wealth and political status to lure minor girls to his luxury condo. Five girls had testified earlier in the trial that Lazaro paid them for sex. Yesterday, before beginning her cross-exam, Assistant U.S. Attorney Melinda Williams told the court the FBI I received a phone call Tuesday night from Lazaro's former business partner and friend who provided photos and videos of the minor girls. One of the photos shown to the jury late Tuesday was of the three minor girls lying face down in lingerie on Lazaro's bed. Lazaro admitted to taking the photo and told the jury he sent it to people on Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat. He said, quote, I took the picture to essentially boast to my friends. You know what he was doing? Hmm. He was telling everybody. Right, yeah, he was telling everybody. In another exchange, Lazaro told the business partner he had sent an Uber to pick up a group of three girls from a slumber party. He referenced, quote, breaking them in. The girls were ages 14 and 15 at the time. Williams, the prosecutor, repeatedly confronted Lazaro with testimony from the five witnesses who told the jury that he paid them for sex. Each recounted a similar story. On Tuesday, Lazaro admitted to having sex with the minor girls, acknowledged giving them cash, but he said it was not in exchange for sex. Lazaro also denied using Gisela Castro Medina, his co-defendant, as a recruiter. Well, one of the newly obtained text messages yesterday contradicts that testimony with Lazaro actually calling her a recruiter in 
the text. The news gathering institutions have spent a thousand more hours on this story than they have on anything regarding the uh, fiscal trouble that states in up to and including the food fraud scandal. This story is a big hit with the news gatherers. It really is. The guy's white. There's sex involved. It's titillating. It's tawdry. There's one thing you're leaving out, and he's what political party? And he's Republican. Yeah. Well, again, here I am and to defend I think the news he's a creep, media. By the way, I think he's a you creep. You can be a creep and be a Republican <laughs> yeah. too. Here, here I am to defend the news media. Again. Wow, is, is it not news? I, it's, not my, as, it's not as intense of a news story as a food fraud scandal, in my estimation. Do, do, you, do you think this daily trial, though, every new revelation is newsworthy or no? I don't think there are new revelations, are there? This whole story today, that, I read this all said, new yesterday. Yeah, everything he just said. Well, was maybe new. people like you, John, find it interesting. Wow, wow. I think that was John. I just find hypocrisy in the coverage, John. I think that was just a backhanded way of saying, John, you're right. Well, well let's yeah. put it this way, John. Now that Channel Five that. has broken the story of uh, Carter's people <laughs> allegedly yes. disrupting a restaurant, do you think other news yeah. gatherers will pick up on it? Uh, I don't know. I don't care because it has. It's not germane to the conversation. Is whether or not this is a news story? Yes, it's germane to journalism. <laughs> it's not. Germane but it's not to germane Tony to Lizarro. whether. To your point, yeah. your point is this isn't really a news story that should get covered. Well, I didn't say it wasn't a news story. I said the, hmm. there's a thousand more hours have been spent on it than other stories. I think every day that there's a day of whatever in this trial, you have a news story. Okay, good. Like, like I say, you and your family find this interesting. I'm sure you discuss it quite a bit. <laughs> now my so, family, too? Uh, yeah, what? Your family so my family's in, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm sure that you was sit a down swipe. with wife and you talk and your, about the latest you and, charges. You and your Tony. dumb family. Yeah. Do you yeah. plot what you're going to say? Yeah. Joe, do you know how many times my family's talked about the food uh, fraud thing? I bet zero. Hundreds. Zero. That's three times. Correct, no, he just went like this. You talked like this. He meant three times. How many times have talked about Tony? Zero. Yeah. You guys sure. ever, do I ever come up? Sure. Do I ever come up or no? no. You know, it's no. like, you know, I'm going to, uh, here, I'm going to. Here it comes, folks. I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up. Because today, I, I, for the first time in a while, I got a I got an email that kind of yelled at me. Mm-hmm. And he yelled at me because uh, we were talking about uh, the former president the other day, and, and I brought up the Rubber grabbing room women. Trump? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Grabbing women by the bleep. You know, right. remember oh, when he yeah. said that? And, the and the guy said. The guy said, maybe you should do some research on this, oh, uh, that yeah. this happened before he ran for the presidency. Right. So well, I thought that was the stupidest damn point I ever well, heard in right. my life. Yeah. Right. And I think you've so, made that clear a number of times, haven't you? Well, and so I answered the guy. I said, well, we all know that. I'm, I'm aware it happened in 2005. Do you think in that decade his attitudes and views on all this changed from the age of 58 to 68? Uh, the guy hasn't answered me, but yeah. see, I see it's a, it's a news story. I said, if you don't think that's a news story, then if you yeah. ran the podcast by Stretch's dad, <laughs> Lou Gelfand, by now, it, oh, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to turn this entire newscast into a debate on news. But uh, no, anyway. you'd lose. That's why. Oh, well, I, oh, I, oh. I, I doubt it. Yeah, Newsman versus columnist. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. this is interesting. Or, yeah. See, because the columnists all they care about is opinion. They don't give a damn about the news. Well, and I'm giving you my opinion <laughs> that this Lazaro case, as creepy as this moron is, it just checks all the boxes for an ongoing front page display. Okay. It checks all the boxes. I'm going to bring up something neither one of you have brought up, and this is what it all boils down to. 
advertiser dollars. Mm-hmm. What sells? What well, gets what you What do you ads? think this is, 1937? There isn't some guy in a Peaky Blinders hat <laughs> selling newspapers on street corners. Extra, extra, that, those days are long it. gone. Clicks, then. Yeah. Clicks. Clicks, maybe. Not yeah. newspaper sales. I, luridness is going to sell. I mean, there's, yep. there's no That's doubt about it. That. There you go. There's no doubt See? about that. Yep. Been saying it for years. And are we above that? Hell no. No. <laughs> But it's news. It All is. right, let Just me move along. Be now. quiet and keep reading the, your news. <laughs> Who is you this be guy's quiet news? and keep reading. You be quiet. <laughs> Who is this guy again? John Height. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, let's the bad see. Guy. Where was I? I don't know. I'm all confused. Uh, Minnesota lawmakers. Read it, read it all over again. We haven't heard it enough. I don't John. want to start the whole Let me go back to the beginning. Republican. Tony Lazaro. No, I don't want to hear this BS. He's a creep. Uh, Minnesota lawmakers are proposing adding resources for school districts to improve school safety. A bill introduced earlier this month would create a $100 million fund for districts to tap into for physical building improvements. Senator Zach Duckworth, a Republican from Lakeville who authored the Senate version, said it's about making sure if there is an emergency at a school, police fire the school, everybody has communications with one another, and we're responding as quickly as we possibly can. Duckworth had previously served as a Lakeville school board member. The district has been implementing additional security measures through the company 3D Response Systems. He explained, we took it to the voters of Lakeville. As you can imagine, that could be a pretty expensive thing to do when you're talking about all the schools throughout the state. A Republican representative, Elliot Ingen of White Bear Township, who was sponsoring the bill in the House, toured the Lakeville area school improvements to see how it looked. Districts that apply for the funding are required to have a facilities plan, which includes a plan for each site that identifies physical changes that would improve safety. Each district could then apply for up to three hundred grand for modifications, including adding bullet-resistant interior doors and windows, ballistic wall panels, remote lockdown activation systems, and emergency building access for first responders, among others. Between 1994 and 2004, this country had in in force something called the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act, which prohibited what we call assault-style rifles. Between 1994 and 2004. Okay. Was the country in any way harmed by that? Were your freedoms jeopardized by that 10-year span. All existing weapons were grandfathered in. Were your rights infringed upon? Because I have a new theory. I see, Here's what I'd do. I, I told this for the town council on mm-hmm. Saturday. I, I would return to that ban to call the, poli- the politicians bluff. Because all they're going to do is create fine-tuning mischief with current laws for one purpose only, to save their jobs. None of them are going to do anything if it thinks it would cost them their job. Therefore, take the temptation away, ban assault-style uh, weapons, and then get to the uh, busy get to the real work which was trying to repair the decline of moral and ethical integrity in this country because from from 1994 to 2004 no one can tell me that they suffered that their ideological purity uh, suffered nor can anyone tell me that the founding fathers could possibly have imagined such weapons 
Possibly. Not a chance in hell. Mm. Not a chance in hell. Mm. No. Plus, if you do a real deep dive on the Founding Fathers, you'll discover that much of what the NRA says has been taken out of context from the writings of Jefferson, for example. Now, I, I'm, I don't care if you own guns. That's fine with me. I'm not an anti-gun guy. I'm an anti-BS guy. So go ahead and don't make them anymore. And all you political hacks, shut the hell up. The one thing you're missing is that when that ban was up, it drove demand and prices through the roof. And every time there's a mention of any kind of gun control whatsoever, demand and prices go through the roof. Well, demand and prices for what? Because between 1994 and 2004, uh, the manufacturer in this country was prohibited. So what were the, the, what were the prices going up for? Handguns? The fire the firearms that were available. I mean, you could make the argument that if that ban was still in place, this nut job in Nashville could not have walked into a store and bought seven rifles or whatever. I think from 94... She would have had to use a handgun. Yes, but I think from 94 to 04, we, as a people, country, we still had some... What is it? Character? Yeah. And... and, and I'm not saying these things didn't happen, but it. They I'm were the first. Far I, I'm the first to agree that the uh, that the red flag laws can be terribly problematic. You know, the wife gets PO'd at her husband because he came home late, and the next thing you know, she's got a court order that he has to surrender his weapon. You know, that all kinds of stuff like that can take place, and that's the kind of mischief they'll engage in. That's the kind of mischief that politicians will engage in to, in an attempt to fool constituents. Take the take the main body of temptation away from them. Reinstall that ban, because for ten years nobody can tell me they suffered. No, it just didn't happen. Well, it if just you didn't want, happen. If you want reaction to that, um, you've got to get Rob on. He's the gun caucus I'll be guy. Glad, I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to. And it'll be a spirited discussion. Yeah. He's a GLer, yeah. and he, neither one of you will go away hating each other. But I think it's a good discussion, and yeah. you should have him on. Yeah. Continue, please. Why don't we uh, take a short break at this point? Positive Thursday is brought to us by SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Mr. Mike Schoonover, Mr. Positive, Mr. Fender Bender Mender, he's on the horn with us. Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care, located in Shoreview, 1060 County E. And Mike, you are guilty. Uh oh. You, along with my bride, have enabled me. Because of you two, I don't have to deal with insurance issues whatsoever. They make me mad. It's irritating, and I always feel like I'm getting the shaft. Uh, but you, along with the gal that pays the bills and writes the checks and deal, deals with them, you you guys have it so I don't have to worry about insurance whatsoever. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about today, insurance. Well, happy to happy to talk about that, Kenny. We, we've... Um... Over the, I think we've shared it before, but over the course of uh, the, especially the last couple of years, you know, really, we're really, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, do your due diligence and and mm-hmm. research everything so you can make informed decisions. And and I think, right. you know, so many customers come in and they say, you know, I've been insured with this company for, 
you know, 10, 20, 30 years, or, or our family's been insured with this company for forever. And they don't shop around, and, and things have changed dramatically. What used to be a great insurance company, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, is not the case anymore. And a lot yeah. of these... A lot of these companies are, are just totally looking at the bottom line, and they don't really care. They, they do not care that you've been insured with them for, for that period of time or that you've right. never you know, missed a premium or, or you've never filed a claim. You know, it's almost like a badge of honor with some of our customers that, you know, I haven't filed a claim and I've paid for my own stuff out of pocket. Well, then why do you, why do you have insurance? Well, yeah, you know? right. So, well. you know, I would, if I could, you know, just to, to the GLers of, Research, you know, if you haven't done so in a while, you know, review your insurance and get some quotes from, you know, some of the standalone companies that you see on TV commercials. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's who people are probably, you know, mostly insured with. And then, you know, check out your local insurance agent. You know, um, I think Royce has a has a has a group that he, he talks about. But nonetheless, just make a call and get some quotes and get some get some choices. And then the other thing that people should do to save money is that. Kenny, did you know you can rent, you can have rental car insurance uh, for 30 days for the cost of what it would cost for one day of rental oh, car? Oh, oh, I need that. I got to make sure I have yeah. that. Yeah. So when when they when your insurance agent says, "Hey, you got full coverage," that doesn't necessarily mean you got you got to say, "Okay, let's let's break that down. What does that include?" And and so uh, you know, full coverage means different things to different companies and different policies in different states. And um, so just just get an, a line on that. But generally speaking, full coverage does not include rental car coverage. That is so important, especially now with how some of the parts you guys have to order and use, the availability. There's a, there's a bit of a wait time involved. Yeah, there is. So what used to, you know, you know pre-COVID or, you know, whatever, um, you know, repairs used to take an average of, you know, let's say, three to five days. It was a no-brainer. But now we're so dependent on parts and supply chain issues that um, it's taken double that. I mean, a, 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 just a simple repair is sometimes taking two weeks. Yep. And so, you know, you can you can live without your car. Or you can juggle a car or the family family cars around, you know, for a couple of days. But for two weeks, three weeks, and, the, and then if you've it's got tough. a part that's on backward, you're really, you know, you're really SOL. So that that's what I would recommend to the GLers is get that uh, rental car coverage. Thank you so much, Mike. Pretty much everything related to auto repair, glass service, body work, oil changes, tires, whatever you need, call up Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care. Get hooked up with a service tech, uh, and you won't be sorry. Always rated as one of the Metro's top shops and our official body shop here at Garage Logic, SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. In more news, President Biden scheduled a visit to Minneapolis for next Monday. This will be his third trip here since taking office. He'll be promoting infrastructure spending and investments in clean energy as part of an ongoing tour. The president was last here last April for former Vice President Walter Mondale's memorial. In 2021, Biden visited Dakota County Technical College in Rosemount to tout the $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure law. Uh, more details about the president's trip to the Twin Cities will be revealed in the next day or two. Why is he coming, John? Uh, he's coming uh, to promote 
uh, let's see, uh, spending, infrastructure spending, and investments in clean energy. I see. Hey, hey. sounds like a fun speech. Some uh, local stunning broadcast news coming from Michael Rand at the Star Tribune and the folks at Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. In the past decade, Valley Sports, formerly Fox Sports North, has lost over half of its subscribers. Wow. Most of those losses coming in the last five years. Why? Well, per the report, there were 2.9 million subscribers in 2013, compared with just 1.2 million to Valley Sports uh, North now. That includes a $1.4 million, uh, dollar, a $1.4 million subscriber loss in just the last five years alone. Other markets saw the same kind of decreases in subscribers to regional sports networks as well. Large part of it, apparently the effect of cord cutters who have dumped traditional cable and satellite carriers. The owner of Bally Sports Regional Channels, Diamond Sports, recently filed bankruptcy. So the future right now, a bit uncertain for fans oh. of the Twins, Timberwolves, and the Minnesota Wild. I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, aren't cord cutters going to ultimately windmill themselves? In other words, if you keep cutting the cord, but you keep expecting Bally to have its cameras in the ballpark, you're just not willing to pay for it. There Pretty soon, then, you won't to, be able to watch a baseball yeah. game. Well, there are ways to watch it. Well, who's uh, going to... As I... I cut the cord, what, eight years ago? Yeah, but who's going to who's gonna uh, haul a NHL. stuff there in a truck NHL. and set it up and, and plug it in and, and, brought, and telecast a game if nobody's paying for it? But... It's the, ultimately going to stop. The NBA... The NHL, Major League Baseball, right? They'll find a way to to have that, but then you have to go to NBA.com and pay your whatever. I, fee I, is. I, I think cord cutting is uh, uh, going to ultimately result in windmilling. You're not going to have a ball game to watch. Well, I love the convenience of hey, the Wild are on Valleys tonight. Well, that's the cool. Twins are on today. It's the, it's the opener. They're at Kansas City. I John. presume that's on Valley Sports North. You, it is. Yeah. John, it is you have cut the cord, and you watch the Twins. And the Wild, and the Timberwolves. What's the source? Whose cameras are they? Well, I'm I am getting Valley Sports North from somewhere else. Yeah, but it's still their cameras, their trucks, their gasoline, their electricity. They go to the game and telecast it, but you're getting it for free. Isn't that why Bally Sports North Diamond Sports, their owner, has filed bankruptcy, perhaps? <laughs> okay, is, I rest my case. At what point it, are you not going to have them show up with their trucks? Is well, it, in fact, free? Is well, what John free? it is. No, it's no. I'm not. I'm paying for it. Well, you're paying, paying a minimal it. amount. I don't know how, how you're doing it. I don't know what I equity. Mean, it's, equality. I said, hats off to you. Hats off to it's you. I legal. said I want you to come to my house because we're paying way too much. Yeah. I don't it's know how to cut. What I don't even know what you're paying. Two hundred bucks a month here. They're called IPTVs and they're quite legal. That's how I'm getting Valley Sports North. So, uh, and it's uh, at a lesser cost than the satellite and cable companies will charge you. I happen to dislike them a great deal, satellite companies and cable companies, which is why I cut the cord. Yes, many, many but who ago. is going to bring you the game? Well, MLB TV would not allow any market to completely lose their broadcasts. So MLB TV will always pay to have those games on television of some sort. NBA TV, same thing, like Rook said. Free? NHL TV. Free? No, no. God, no. 
So this will be like when the Wild are on that stupid ESPN app that we have to jump through all the hoops to watch our team instead of just clicking over to 668 on my satellite channel. That's correct, but you're paying for it through the satellite channel anyway. So it's not that hard. You guys make it sound like it's brain surgery. Oh, it's impossible. Joe's point is, I think I'm making a great point, and I think you're skirting it. Joe's point is, cable's going to be dead. Well, okay, yeah. Bally's going to be dead. It's going to die. It's going to go away. Bally's isn't cable. They're a company. They're they're not a cable company. You're missing my my death point. I'll get to Mr. Mueller in a moment. I'm not done with this. Sorry, Rook. I'll get to Mr. Mueller in a moment. No, no. Let me me try to put this in as simple a terms as possible. I'm trying to think of an analogy. Uh, Uh... you're you're watching the games that somebody has paid to be produced. Correct. And but he has also you, paid. Well, yeah, I'm uh, paying too. Uh, yeah. But apparently not enough to sustain those games being produced. If Valley Sports is losing half its audience to so people like you, what's going to happen to people like you? You think is, they lost $1.7 million to people like me? Is it plausible that 1.7 million people are cord cutters? Yes, in well, the region it is. But, well, for instance, when the Twins won two years ago when they were playing well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Numbers went way up mm-hmm. for I Valley think Sports. Joe's mad. Joe's mad because he's a Luddite. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to... Well, no, Got the that that might be true. Uh, in fact, I'm sure it's true that I'm a Luddite, but uh, <laughs> what I'm just seeing is a great deal of expectations on the part, on the part of people who want to do this as cheaply as possible. And I just see it getting to the point where if there's no money to be made, those trucks and cameras aren't going to well, show up. There will be money to be made because MLB, the MLB commissioner has already said, should Bally Sports go under from this bankruptcy, they will take care of it. So you'll still pay for MLB TV. They'll have huge baseball contracts with the teams. The teams will make money. The games will be broadcast on MLB TV, but you'll have to pay for MLB TV just like you pay for cable TV. And you'll get MLB TV uh, cheaper than I will. Why is that? Because you've cut the cord. No, I have MLB TV free because I'm a T-Mobile customer. Jesus Christ. Are we on? Do we come back from a break? Listen, listen. Hang on. Hang on. You can get MLB TV, all of you, any one of you, for $149 Ugh. a baseball season, no. that will give you every Major League Baseball game Never. both teams broadcast. Oh, I have that sounds MLB. sounds so boring. Presumably, I have it through my Comcast arrangement. I well, have no, MLB. No, you'd have to pay extra for it if you well, have then it Comcast. We, well, then she'd paid extra because we got it, and she didn't even know she paid extra. Joe, I don't think so, Joe. This is, it's oh, separate yeah. from Comcast. Well, so all I know is I got MLB. You have MLB Network. Yeah. You do not have MLB.TV, which is totally different oh. and carries every game that's played in America or anywhere else. Here's what's happening, John. Here's what's happening. Joe and I are sitting in the first row at a Taylor Swift concert. He paid $5,000 uh-huh. for his ticket to a broker. I paid 3000 at the ticket office. He's mad at me. I'm not mad. I, I'm not mad. I'm I'm just pointing out the folly of believing this can continue the way it is. 
I went out and got water during your discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a long walk, actually. <laughs> I can't believe you're still just, talking about see, it. This is all fueled by the fact that I really dislike cable and satellite companies. That's so do I. So do I, yeah. but I'm not willing to go through what you've gone through oh, to cut the cord. I haven't gone through anything. It's easy. I'm not well, willing anyway. to spend the energy to worry about whether I like those companies or not. I don't think about them. I turn well, on the TV. You, you know why, then? You don't have to deal with them, do you? Your wife does everything. Yeah. Well, she doesn't do anything with them. She just pays a bill. And you should ask her tonight what that bill is. I'm afraid to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All Even right. Roycey cut the cord, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, because you went and helped him, didn't you? If that caveman I, can do it, anyone can. Times. He called me a lot of times, Joe. I didn't go to his house. <laughs> I've got to call the uh, TV guy. Hey. I've got to get this resolved before I'm in the hands of the Mueller Memorial people. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> see what you did there? Uh, Mueller Memorial Mortuaries, they've been in the business for 75 years. I've known the family all my life. I know Scott Mueller. They have a white bear location that's... I've parked a couple of people there, my mom and dad. Parked? Well, you, you know, that's my euphemism. <laughs> uh, once you realize what's taking place, it's not that difficult. And Mueller specializes in reducing the intimidation, reducing the concern and the anxiety and the fright. They're very, very concerned people, but they know how to handle these situations in life. They're not fun, but they do their best to... Make sure you're celebrating a life well lived. You're you're going to be in very great hands with the Mueller's. And uh, Scott has written a book too called "What to Know Before You Go" and answers a lot of the questions that you might have. It's family owned, as I say. They've been serving families for more than seventy five years and three generations. They take care of the difficult details. It's not fun, but they uh, they help you deal with it, and they'll deal with it smoothly. It's MuellerMemorial.com. Uh. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Sushi. Tragically hip. I'm getting a Nirvana vibe. I'm getting a tragically hip vibe. I'm getting a Toro Zero turn mower from Tri State Bobcat. Bam! Vibe. Out of the yeah. park. It's Who gonna make that a dynamite. It's uh, it's gonna make <laughs> that pro turf treated lawn look amazing. And right now, Tri State Bobcat has the best pricing on select model years, the Time Cutter and Titan Zero Turn mowers. Uh, they're running anywhere from 42 to 60 inches. 60 inches, that's going to get the job done quick, way quicker than whatever you're on now. Be sure to ask about the Titan My Ride suspension system. Tri-State didn't tell me to say that. I just happened to sit on one on one, one day, and I was just blown away. It's so cool. The whole seating platform floats. Anyway, um, get yourself a zero turn. But before you get to mow... You get to deal with another blizzard. Uh, and lucky for us, Tri-State Bobcat also can get you into a Toro snowblower. Spring sale still going on. We're talking the Toro Power Clear single-stage blowers and the Power Max two-stage snowblowers. Best deals of the year right now. Man Keys Outdoor Equipment in Oatana, now under the Tri-State umbrella. So all of the pricing and specials and deals also available down in uh, Oatana. And be sure to tell them you're a GL or whichever one you stroll into. 
We're talking Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson, and everything they sell and rent at tristatebobcat.com. Howard writes, as a card-carrying member of the GL Town Council, I received your note regarding the need for some of us to step up and run for office. That, that's a little conversation I had with the town council last week. Without a doubt, the only way we'll avoid the glaciers threatening safe passage is to retake the helm and correct course. Right now we're in the crow's nest shouting out danger, but we're being roundly ignored. Your suggestion is a sound one. The main challenge is one of ideology, not just political ideology, but of sociological ideology as well. Those on the left who run and win office have been looking to do this all their lives, treating it almost as a birthright. It's what they were born and bred to do, and they have no ambition, they have no other ambition than proving that government is the vital component needed for survival. Noted, I did note, I did not use the phrase individual success because in their world that does not exist. It's obvious where I'm going with this. Conservatives don't view roles in government as a birthright. While there are exceptions to that rule, the George H.W. Bush family comes to mind, and Kennedy, by and large, conservatives are too busy being productive. To coin your phrase, we'd rather be useful than important. We're raising and feeding our children. So the only way we are going to gain any ground is to put forward conservatives who are born for it. We did that with Donald Trump, and look where that got us. But this is what it is going to take. A careerist who we can mostly stomach doesn't embarrass us all the time, only some of the time, and that we are willing to bald-faced lie about our complete faith in their leadership the way the Democrats do about Walsey and Biden. I'm getting ready to shed myself of responsibility of the whole mess and join you in Wyoming. Cynically, yours, Howard, the second GLer who wishes to intrude upon my domain in Wyoming today. <laughs> uh, he's right. Uh, most of the people I know that I beg to run, they've never given it any thought because that was never in their mindset. It was never in their mindset. <laughs> Whereas you could point to a lot of the city council people in both cities or the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, and you can almost see that they were destined for that because they had no intention of doing anything else, nor probably could they. Right. Only because... Huh? Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. On this day in 1844, Stillwater's first sawmill, owned by John McCusick, cut its first board, the start of over 60 years of milling in the city. Stillwater's mills cut primarily white pine, a wood prized for ornamental carving. I'm seeing uh, Little House on the Prairie, that... that that mill right there. On this day in 1917, Mayor Louis A. Fritchie held a meeting at the New Ulm Armory in support of U.S. neutrality in World War I. Attendees sent a peace delegation to Washington, D.C., but the country declared war in April hmm. of 2017. Didn't work. On this day March in 1924... 30th. President, uh, prominent Minneapolis industrialist Louis S. Gillette died at his winter home near Natchez, Mississippi. An 1876 graduate of the University of Minnesota with bachelor's degrees in both science and engineering, Gillette, 
Gillette farmed for three years and then became involved in numerous businesses, including Gillette Herzog Manufacturing Company, later absorbed by U.S. Steel, and Minneapolis Steel and Machinery Company, at one time the largest industry in the state. Hmm. Anything to do with Go ahead, Rock. With the razor blades? Get yeah. out of my head. It's not in wow. there. It's not in that there. That was weird. In 1930, Thanks, on this date, <laughs> March 30th, aviator James H. Jimmy Doolittle, touring with his Shell Oil Company plane, visited St. Paul. In 1942, Lieutenant Colonel Doolittle of the U.S. Army Air Corps commanded the first air attack on Japan during World War II, leading 16 B-52s, which had been prepped in St. Paul, from the deck of the aircraft carrier Hornet. So what was he doing here, just saying, here's what I did? That's how pilots made money back then. They flew around. Now, let me offer you this. I'm willing to have Height look it up. I believe Doolittle was the sacrificial lamb who was the first to go up in a plane with a blacked-out cap- uh, canopy and flew by instrument. I believe Holy. I believe Doolittle was the first to fly a plane by instrument How did only. he get his pair into the cockpit? Those guys had him, didn't they? Wow. We just talked about him a few weeks ago and how they had to crash land right. uh, because they yeah. couldn't carry enough fuel in order to get off the aircraft carriers. Right. On September 24th, 1929, at what is now Mitchell Air Force Base on Long Island, New York, Army Lieutenant Doolittle became the first to use only instrument guidance to take off, fly a set course, and land his airplane. Jesus. There should be a statue of him at every single airport in the country. Wow. I'm reading a book right now. I apologize. The author's name escapes me. It's called The Great Circle. Uh, It's a hell of a novel about a female pilot. And that's where I learned about Doolittle. Mm. Yeah. Mm. On finally, on this day in 1992, um, three Maggie Shipstead, great it, circle. Is it Maggie Shipstead? Maggie Shipstead. It's a hell of a book. Yeah, three thirty twenty three. Former Governor Harold Lavander died at the age of eighty two. He was born in Sweet Home, Nebraska. Lavander served as Sweet Governor. Home, Please. Lavander served as governor from 1967 to 1971. During that time, he led the in the establishment of Minnesota's first state human rights department, a pollution control agency, and the Metropolitan Council. Lavander also opposed establishing a state sales tax, but his veto was twice overridden. Does your conscience bother you? Tell me true. Sweet Home, Nebraska was the home of the birthplace of Harold Lavander. I remember Harold. Uh, I don't remember. Governor of the state. I don't remember Harold. Before your time. Thank you, GLers. We'll be here tomorrow. We'll be here tomorrow. We are going to do a Friday show? We are going to, yeah. (laughs) That sounds wild. By, By we... What are you, what, he's, what, got a, he's got a small uh, mouse in his pocket. Height, Olsen, Rookie, and Sush. Oh, all right. Height, Olsen. Oh, four of us. Reavers yeah. is off on some hedonistic exploration. Of the I had to block him on Twitter. It was just too much. Yeah, uh, yeah he was sending back pictures. And, hey, I wish yeah. you were here, huh? Yeah. Not with you, dummy. Yeah. <laughs>
while he's away, he can go check out Pod M and on his smartphone, which I'm sure he's doing, sitting on the beach, staying away from his family. Uh, if you would like to do that as well, there's a library of podcasts. Check out garagelogic.com for the um, Garage Logic Town Council, where you could scoop up when you sign up a $10 Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores gift card. Very nice. And then don't forget to chill. <laughs> don't forget to Don't job. forget to chill. It is time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, who is on the line with us. No better time than right now to pick up that phone and give Josh a call. You'll get that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number again is 952-925-5608. You make that call and you get Josh, who will always give you straight talk without sugar-coated advice and a man who is very excited today because baseball is back. Baseball is back, Ross. I'm just ecstatic. Right now, with the temperature in the uh, low 20s, we're expecting snow tomorrow. You would not think that it's baseball season, but we'll say it's baseball season in Minnesota. I do not want to tell you how many games I attended, how many games I coached a long time ago with my kids playing uh, baseball in the spring. Fall ball was warmer than spring ball in Minnesota. Ain't that the truth? That is a, that. Oh, if, my goodness. That sums up the state that we live in, doesn't it? Unbelievable. The only thing that's uh, tougher than spring ball is spring track in Minnesota. In any case, baseball is 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 starting, and I always like to pick out a, a few sports-related investments uh, to go along with the start of baseball season. And yes, you too can be an owner of a baseball team, but you do have to like the Atlanta Braves. They're probably the only still publicly traded uh, baseball team. The stock has been uh, up this year. Ticker symbol is BA. T-R-A, it is not a stock you'd want to put a lot of money into, but you do own uh, the, the Braves and many, much of their uh, rights for uh, broad, broadcast, etc. So you, can own, you too can own the Atlanta Braves. Of course, with baseball and some of the rules changes coming, coming on, and we still, of course, have the final, final four and then next week is the Masters, and there's still going to be plenty of betting going on, and that would help some of the online sports betting companies and casinos that have pretty good sports books. So that would benefit or should benefit companies like DraftKings, Flutter, which owns uh, FanDuel, and Flutter's going to spin off FanDuel later, later this year. We have MGM Bets. And favorites, uh, Caesars and Penn Gaming, which own Barstool Sports. Just a little aside, given the very interesting final final four, I don't think too many people had uh, any of those teams in the final four, and probably very few 
had any of those four teams uh, winning, with maybe the possible exception of uh, UConn, which looked uh, mighty, mighty strong. Moving on, there's still sports going on in in bets. We'll say in the in the market still still being concerned with the Fed, and we'll say Fed speak. This afternoon, we've got uh, four Fed governors probably talking the same, the same line. Inflation's still around. It's still rampant. Wage inflation is still going up. We have to continue to be vigilant and raise interest rates to slow down the economy. And we're still looking to increase unemployment, and that will bring down inflation. Oh, what a bunch of uh, B and... Uh, you can figure out the, the next the next initial after that. I just cannot cannot fathom any any organization calling for higher unemployment as a way to slow down the economy. How about the push for more unemployment? Because that's what the Fed will push for. Uh, should unemployment get too out of control, or and or the economy slow down too much, the Fed will say, "Whoops." We made a mistake. We now have to cut interest rates to get employment up. How about stop targeting this, this stuff? How about start targeting economic growth? And that will bring us out of inflate. Uh, well, that, that will bring down inflation in my estimation. The Fed has just, just been too wrong in my estimation for too long. Enough said on that. One one last bit of of news I saw. I got a call call this morning from one of my traders. Josh, Josh, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? What news are you talking about? Apple, Apple's going to buy Disney. I said, oh, well, that's a that's a good uh, good story. No, we saw an analyst talk about that today on TV. Yes, an analyst, uh, Laura Martin of Needham, uh, brought up the possibility of apple buying buying disney and how it would benefit apple going forward and probably benefit disney particularly given uh the amount of money that apple is going to be spending on content development if apple's continued foray into sports uh her estimation is that the combination of apple and disney would be a huge benefit for both companies apple in particular Apple could buy Disney using stock and not so much cash. And while it might be initially uh, dilutive to current shareholders, as more shares would be issued, on the whole, it would be extremely beneficial and create a powerhouse. Well, lo and behold, if I go back through my archives, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold brought up this same subject and actually added Apple buying both. Uh, Disney and Nike, with the cash they had on hand back when Steve Jobs was alive. And I felt that that would make Apple a tremendous powerhouse, given the relationships that Apple had then uh, with both Disney and Nike. Steve Jobs was the largest shareholder of Disney at the time from Disney's buying uh, Jobs companies, Pixar, and Bob Iger did serve on Apple's board. Phil Knight uh, was also a member of Apple's board and had developed 
uh, some of their products to integrate Apple's iPod and Macintosh computer. But it's a nice, we'll say, a nice thought. The likelihood of that happening short term is small, but one never knows. Good stuff. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. You heard of GLers. Great information right there. Always a great time to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation. The number, 952-925-5608, where you will always get straight talk and you'll never get sugar-coated advice. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reaver is a paid endorser.